0: So last night we started to explore the compassion wing of this practice, to explore it in a bit more detail and to give some context about both the challenges and the benefits of learning how to relate more skillfully to dukkha, to unsatisfactoriness, stress, distress, suffering. So this morning I'd like to say just a little bit more about practicing compassion as the second of the four Brahma Vihara practices before we do an actual guided compassion meditation. First though, just a reminder that over the course of this retreat Dai and I have been giving you quite a range of different meditation methods. So metaphorically speaking, different range of tools in your toolbox or perhaps a range of colors in your paint box. And then it's up to you to decide to choose which tool to use when or which color to select, depending on what's happening in your actual practice. So if it happens that right now doesn't feel like the right time for you to be exploring compassion, it's totally fine to leave this session and to go and do whatever practice you feel would be most supportive, knowing that you could always come back to listen to the recordings later if you want. Okay, so as I mentioned last night, karuna, or compassion, is the capacity to turn towards suffering with metta, with kindness, and where possible, to help that suffering to release. So metta is that foundation for all of the Brahmavihara practices and when this from this base of friendliness we can turn our attention towards what's difficult in our own and others' lives without resisting, without shutting down, without being overwhelmed by grief. And just to acknowledge that these movements of resistance, of shutting down, of grief, are afflictive states that commonly can come up in relation to compassion. And in fact, they were recognized early on in the Buddha's teachings. It was acknowledged that as we start to cultivate these skillful states, in the beginning we encounter a few obstacles. So as I mentioned last night, the Brahma Vihara practices are almost designed to show us what gets in the way. And for this reason they're sometimes referred to as purification practices because they reveal the obstacles, the conditioning, our conscious and unconscious defense strategies that keep us shut down, disconnected, numb, perhaps angry or resentful or self-pitying or stuck in anxiety or depression or despair. So in the classical teachings, each of the vihara has the, what are known as the near and the far enemies. And these are common afflictive states that tend to come up when we start trying to cultivate these beautiful qualities. And for myself, I found it reassuring that these so-called enemies were known and named all the way back in the early teachings. And that I was not the only one Who would sit down, for example, to try to cultivate kindness and just find myself at times irritated or angry or shut down or disconnected. So I want to acknowledge, emphasize that all of these reactions are normal and they're actually a sign that the practice is working rather than a sign that either we're doing it wrong or there's something fundamentally wrong with us. So learning how to work with the near and far enemies of each of these Brahma-vihara is a key skill of the practice. So the far enemy is the direct opposite of the quality that we're trying to develop. So for example, in relation to compassion, the far enemy is cruelty. Instead of the motivation to relieve suffering, it's the opposite. The sadistic wish to add to someone's pain which because of the law of karma will only end up hurting us too. So we can be on the lookout for any sense of, well, yeah, they deserved it. It's right that they should suffer. They did that thing or the other thing. Just notice, okay, I'm in the terrain of the far enemy now. The near enemies of compassion are pity and grief, so falling into overwhelm or despair. And they're called near enemies because at first glance they might appear to be the quality we're looking for. But if we look more closely, we can feel that they're just a bit off in some way. So for example, pity. At first it might seem like it's in the terrain of compassion. But if we sense in more closely, we might recognize that energetically there's a kind of a distancing or a separation or even a superiority to it. As I mentioned the other night, that tendency to look down on poor you suffering over there with a sense that I'm really glad that's not me and a kind of pushing it away. So if we do recognize this kind of disconnection, we might need to reestablish a stronger foundation of metta, of kindness and warmth, before we then try to turn it towards compassion. Or possibly we might need to change the person that we're working with to someone who's less likely to evoke pity rather than true compassion. And this changing of the person we're working with is not cheating. So with all of these Brahmavihara practices, we're always encouraged to start where the quality comes most easily, most naturally, and then gradually expand our capacity to offer it to a range of different beings. The second challenge of practicing compassion is that because we're coming into direct contact with pain and suffering, it can be easy to fall into sorrow or grief. But this is not true compassion. As I said last night, sometimes there's a misunderstanding that compassion is just empathy, and that we're supposed to just feel another person's pain as if it were our own. But this can easily lead to compassion fatigue or empathy burnout. And in the Buddha's teachings, what helps prevent this burnout is orienting to the wish for the pain to be relieved. So if we do find ourselves getting lost in suffering, we might need to emphasize the relief or the release aspect of compassion. So even imaginatively visualizing the person experiencing some moments of relief from the pain. So for example we might imagine the person recovering full health or getting out of debt or finding a better job or being involved in a healthier relationship, whatever the situation is. Now, just to say we need to customize this for the actual situation that we're working with. So, if, for example, we're cultivating compassion for somebody who has a terminal diagnosis and they are not going to fully recover. In that case, we're not cultivating some kind of wishful thinking for a miraculous happy ending. Instead, the relief that we might orient to is appropriate to the situation. So we might imagine them having some moments of relief from their physical pain. We might imagine them having some moments of loving connection with their family members. So this is always a creative practice that we need to customize to suit the actual situation that we're working with, to develop a caring yet realistic orientation to whatever is happening. So again, one of the challenges of the Brahma vihara practices, but perhaps especially compassion practice, and especially self-compassion practice, is, as I said last night, it can bring us into contact with some very deep conditioning, painful self-views, afflictive emotions, and so on. So just to say, if you happen to find some of these coming up, the most key point is to try to develop this practice very gently very gradually so it's very common in relation to painful emotions to flip between extremes so one is just avoid ignore, deny, repress not allow our awareness to go anywhere near that and the other is to push ourselves to drill down into our most excruciating trauma and stay there because anything less than that is somehow cheating. So just to say though that that is actually another symptom of the same painful pattern of wounding that we're trying to heal. So if you notice either of those two extremes, keep in mind that in all of this we're trying to find balance. We're trying to remember the Buddha's emphasis on the middle way. So finding that balance between not avoiding, ignoring, denying, but also not feeding, indulging, or getting overwhelmed. And this process of balance involves very careful listening, listening to ourselves, listening to the context that we're in, listening to our capacity to manage what's coming up. And so if what's coming up is intense, we need to touch into it in very small doses. So we're trying to open to the difficulties just enough that our emotional immune system gets strengthened without being overwhelmed. So remembering the mantra that I offered a few nights ago, A, B, C, making a bigger container. So if during the meditation you find some tensing up, some tension in the body, some resistance in the mind, see if you can remember A, B, C. And just physically make space. Relax. Release. Any contraction or tightness that can be released. If that doesn't feel possible, then it's fine to just let go of the compassion practice for now Let the words be there in the background, but bring your attention back to mindfulness of the breathing. Just resting on the rhythm of breathing in, breathing out, or perhaps just opening to sounds. So anything that helps you to find more spaciousness. Okay, so I'll be offering a short guided compassion meditation soon. Mostly we'll be using the traditional method of reciting phrases. And then offering those phrases to different categories of people. And again, remembering that we always try to start with where this comes most easily. We'll begin with the category known as the good friend. So this means someone that we're close to, that we care about. But in this case, who's currently experiencing some kind of difficulty or challenge in their lives. So this might be an actual good friend or it could be a family member, or a partner, just someone that you know quite well, that you care about, who's having some kind of a hard time. And again, because this is a gradual training, I encourage you not to choose someone who's going through some extreme difficulty or crisis. So on a scale of zero to 10, with 10 being the most extreme, intense suffering, Try to find someone to work with who's a five or less. So the phrases I'll use, similar to what I offered last night, using the word pain, but this refers not just to physical pain, but emotional pain, any kind of difficulty. So those phrases, I'm aware of your pain. I care about your pain. May your pain release. And may you know peace. So as you hear those phrases now, possibly someone comes to mind. But again, just check that this is not someone who's going through the most extreme pain. And if it is, try to choose an easier person to work with to begin with. Okay, let's give that a try now.